This is the Memphis Real Estate Hour on KWAM. And now, here's your host, Dean Harris. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Memphis Real Estate Hour. I am your host, Dean Harris. I'm with Crest Core Realty over on Summer Avenue. So appreciate you guys tuning in this morning. You might be listening on AM 990 Memphis, 107.9 FM, The Voice here in Memphis. Or you could be streaming the show online on the interweb, <laughs> www.kwam990.com. The Memphis Real Estate Hour will concentrate on investing in Memphis real estate. Um, and we'll focus on all the, those related topics. I'll discuss local and national investment trends as well as give you an inside look at, look at what it takes to become an investor here in Memphis or what it will take to become a better and bigger investor here in Memphis, right? Uh, I remind you guys every single show that uh, I am an investor. If you have that old home you need to sell quickly, it's torn up, burn out, damaged beyond repair, shoot me an email, dean at crustcore.com. Dean at crustcore.com. I'll get you a cash offer on that home today. Um, Facebook Live. We are on Facebook Live. We've been doing this. How long have we been on Facebook Live now? Nine months, six, eight, At nine least, months. Yeah. yeah. Um, so tune in to, to Facebook Live. We're live there now if you want to watch us now. If you can't, go to the show's Facebook page. There's 55 or 56 uh, of the shows on there. They're titled and. Um, Organize. So if you have some questions or you see a title that might interest you, go to the show's Facebook page, The Memphis Real Estate Hour. Dan Butler from Crest School Realty. Welcome. Good morning. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. Last week on the show, we discussed partnerships and investing and why they are great and sometimes not so great. Today's show, we're going to talk about why investors sell their properties. I get that a lot. Yeah. I get that question Investors and homeowners. Investors and homeowners, but I get I get all the time about why the investors selling. Why is this guy yeah. selling? Right, you know, because and, it, and it's a it's a valid question from the buyer's end. Meaning, why is it, you know what's the catch? Yeah, what's the catch? If, why if this was so what am good? I jumping into? Yeah, if this was so good, why why in the world is he selling it? So we get that a lot. Let's dive right into this, Dan, and and let's talk about why some of these guys sell. Uh, we've got. It looks like 40-something reasons here why they might. I don't know that we'll get to all of these, but that's, that's a lot of information. Yeah, man. Um, but this was a fun one because people think there's just a couple of reasons why people sell, and you start kind of slicing and dicing it, and it's like, wow. Well, there's a bunch of reasons there's why bunch, you might be selling. A ton. Typically, mine is the clients I work with, they're either retiring, they, they're, they want out of the daily or weekly upkeep of their portfolio. Mm-hmm. Um or moving or we got too many kids we want to cut you know whatever it may be I, I get some of that but why do people sell 40 reasons why why homeowners and investors sell what do you hear a lot what what's some of the first things that that come to your mind well i think part of this whole exercise was good for me just from a to to eliminate that limiting belief that there are no deals there are no houses mm-hmm. you know i think what we'll show through all this is that Life happens. There's always something going on with somebody's life or emotions or, and, you know. Divorce, death. Disability. Disability. Mm -hmm. Yep. So just this past, say, three months, I mean, I could probably, I mean, we'll use an example later on, but I mean, Douglas and I probably put for sale or have sold 
for three or four different reasons, mm-hmm. just ourselves. Mm-hmm. So anyway. You guys um, have a pretty good agent, too, working with you, don't you? Yeah, I can't remember his name. <laughs> you know, he's kind of, he's all right. He's, he just throws it out there and hopes. He's a pompous that, jerk, but boy, he sells <laughs> yeah. them pretty quick. That's right. <laughs> um, you know, the first kind of section that we talked about was just the actual house you know, where it sits and what's the deal with the house. You know, is it too small, too big? Mm-hmm. You know, the layout, you know, this is kind of more towards the homeowner themselves, but um, versus an investor, but I kind of tied them all together. Um, you know, a neighborhood changes. Think about what kind of things happen in the neighborhoods, you know. Man, gangs. Gangs crime. can happen, crime, bad neighbor. Blight. You know, how many times you hear about a neighbor that they just can't get along, you know, like, what was it, the McCoys and yeah, the Hatfields no. and McCoys back right. in the day? Um, Always on each other. You know, no neighbors. I've heard that one before. You know, just kind of feel isolated, desolate. You know, there's some boarded up houses or, you know. I was about to say the boarded up house is is uh, can be a trend. If, if you get one boarded up, that neighbor's like, ooh, I want to get out of here yep. because of the crime that's coming there. Well, now they're gone and there's another boarded another up. One. Yep. Then two other people are, oh, we better get out Where of the here. The city's torn down, several right beside you. And now you got just vacant land that used to have houses and now you kind of feel you know mm-hmm. isolated if you will with just people don't like to have trees and brush you know what i mean right like, next to them right no. next to them you know there's yeah. some people that won't like woods but i wouldn't call that woods now vacancies bring unwanted features yeah crime uh things we just listed but you know, the yards aren't well-maintained, snakes, and I mean, literally just some of the very small, minor things that can affect you, but can really start ruining a street. Yeah. And the, the interesting thing as you go through all this, at the end of the day, most of it is emotion-related, which is int- emotion-slash-feeling, mental-type. Does that make sense? Like it, From the investor from standpoint? From the investor or the homeowner, you know, like... It, I'm tired of this. I'm fed up with this. I'm know, fed up with this. Let's sell yeah. it. Like talking about like the lot beside you being vacant, uh, that not necessarily wouldn't bother me. I'd probably cut down what I could. You know, yeah, cut it myself. Cut it myself. Yeah. You know, have some some you know different things. But I mean, I've even heard of airplane flight pass. We get that here. Yeah, absolutely. FedEx could we land change so many planes. You know, the the airport authority could change the direction, and all of a sudden you got planes flying over neighborhoods that didn't used to happen. And and you know what? That's true. Um, a place I used to live in in DeSoto County when I first moved in there, I didn't realize this, of course. But the flight path was right up right there. And I was like, oh where my they, gosh, what have I gotten into? Probably round out where you yeah. were and then come back in to right. the south. And then about six months later, it was gone. They changed. They changed it. So <laughs> it either they were coming in too short or whatever it might be. But yes, so that kind of thing can change. Um you know, tenant turnover. Yeah. Um, that's a, that's, that's, that's a big one. That's a big one. Because an investor, if they turn over every year, you're never, you know, you're not going to make money. I mean, we, we just had, I mean, this, this is what's fun about this. I probably could have an example of every one of these from a investor. I mean, I just had one this past week where the guys let the house deteriorate to a certain point. So the roof needs to be done. There's siding damage. I mean, he really literally has, he could spend 10 or 12,000 mm-hmm. on that house. Mm-hmm. And it really needs it because it's just it's I mean, deteriorating. I mean, a roof a roof is five grand. Just boom, like by itself. Just if you want to do it right, lay, you know, tear off the tear old. off and lay over. And um, and his point was, man, that's because it's in a lower end neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Say six hundred dollar rent. 
I mean, 600 times 12, 72. He goes, I mean, that's two years worth of rent. That's before taxes, insurance, maintenance. So he would rather cut his losses, maybe even lose, say, $5,000, sell that house and let somebody else capitalize, you know, buy it for 25, put that 12 in it. Now you're at 35 for a $600 rental. They'd rather that happen and the cash flow still works for the next investor. And they so it doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad deal for the guy buying it. Yeah. But the guy, because he's already put on a note and all that kind of stuff, he just didn't manage it properly. Either he didn't buy it right with, you know, fixing up on the front end, mm-hmm. or he's just owned it this whole time. It's just deteriorated to that point. Hadn't kept it up. How, so. many, cli- how many clients do you feel like, this is maybe veering off sure. on the side road here, but how many clients do you feel like buy and sell based off the tenant? They don't, they're not looking at the asset. They're looking at the contract for the asset. In other words, you know, I I try to look at it as buying a business. When Mm -hmm. I buy a house, I'm buying a business. Um, You know. Are they looking at the tenant ledger and the lease? Yeah. So in other words, are you banking your entire valuation or the majority of your valuation based off the current status of the property? Because I get this a lot. I get this, I mean, more than... I would say, I would say, let's see what you think, but I think your initial investors' first purchases, it's a huge deal. It is a huge deal. And as they go along, it becomes less and less because they realize that that contract really doesn't mean squat. No. You know, the ledger, I think, means something. The history history, of the house. But I mean, a tenant can change on a dime. I mean, in a minute, they can change. I mean, I, I get that all the time where they just bought it and then the next month they're late. And because, you know, like we do stuff with Roostock and stuff like that, they want to sell it right back to Roostock yeah. the second month after they, I've had at least two or three just like that. Because where, the tenant vacated or something or they quit paying or slow paying? Yeah. Just all of a sudden they stopped paying, mm-hmm. you know, they were quote unquote paying the previous person. But when we took it over, you know, the tenant goes ghost on us or just plays games and which happens. So that investor wants to sell it right back. Which I think is right a bad out. mistake. I, to, to, you tell me, maybe I'm maybe we different in this. To me, is a bad mistake uh, you're, because you're not you're buying a home. You're buying a house, right? You're not buying the, the bricks tenant. and mortar. No, right. You're not buying that tenant. The That's tenants right. are nuts. Well, you know what? I mean, not you know. They're looking at all, it strictly but, the numbers that they want to make that first year. They're not looking at a thirty year approach. No. So when you do that, so like that guy, like the one I'm thinking about, has wasted, for lack of better words. By the time it's all over, he'll have wasted six months and his money. And his money. And if you look at the return on that, it's going to be negative because he's going to have some cost. You know, there's no way he's going to get 100% reimbursed for all that. No, and I, I just see him. I had the conversation yesterday with the guy. Well, what happens if the tenant, he wants to base his offer? Well, well that tenant's a little behind, man. What if I have to uh, evict. evict him? Like, well, maybe you, you factor some of that into your offer, but you're sure. not buying this tenant. No, you're not buying the tenant. You're buying the right. property that goes with it, and it's up to you, I, I guess, to put the tenant in there. Yep. But anyway, let, let's get back yeah, to keep going. why they sell. What else do you hear, Dan? Vandalized. Mm-hmm. You know, occasionally you'll see. I had one yesterday. Um, it's so funny. It's top of mind stuff. But mm-hmm. tenant, I mean, an owner called me from Atlanta and uh, has seven houses here, has one that just somehow... the current property manager wasn't on top of and you know the people got in poked big holes in it yeah. created all kinds of damage and they got a twenty thousand dollar bid and they're freaking out not knowing what to do and so 
You either bite your bullets, cut your losses, and sell it as. I mean, like this doesn't happen every time. No. But this is something can, you got to know. Got to know going to into, into this. It. This can can happen. happen. To you. Right. Um, house could be condemned. Mm-hmm. We've had that happen before. You know, where an owner didn't take care of a property, and you know, like subfloor issues, or you know what I mean, like something where, serious, something serious where the it's just not the safest habitable place where you know mm-hmm. children could fall or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, fire, flood, mold foundation lead all those are kind of like stuff that happens to houses that cause i mean that's i mean douglas and i've had two fires in the last 60 days and so we're trying to figure out I mean, really trying to sell them and he had one so we've got two lots basically <laughs> two half houses or two lots two half maybe houses. maybe i'll say hey sell the lot for 15 and give you a free house <laughs> free half of a house but that's why we're going to sell, right? Because we just don't yeah. want to fix that house up, and no, you know, for the money we, you know, way our insurance is structured, so mm-hmm. we're going to let it go. Um, and then infestation is another one you see every once in a while. Man, I, if you're selling for, Man, I'll be honest with you. By the time we finish this, this, maybe maybe nobody want to buy. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> you know, like you're selling oh, for gosh. some of these reasons. I think you're, I think you're in the wrong. And these are extreme uh, investment. Let's, let's make sure we yeah. caveat that I mean, these are extreme reasons that people get into. To selling, I haven't seen a snake infestation. You know, I've seen roaches. I've had roaches fall on my head walking through a front door. <sighs> you know, that was not. I don't do well with that. You but. scream like a girl, <laughs> waving your hands well, in the air like you our, just don't our, care. Our buddy Michael Hayes, you know, <laughs> a good friend of ours. Yeah. You know, he uh, he called me one day. And he had that. Remember that posted picture that the pants he left. Yeah. I don't think that's really his. I think. Nah, but, no. But. He, he said some other dude left please, in a hurry, man. He please, and I was like, I, I, I just remember back, it was in Berclair. I went to a house. Somebody wanted me to check it out to buy, and all of a sudden, there's, I mean, fleas all over me. By the time I got to my truck, I realized that I started dancing around. Like, it was Mike. Michael had that white suit on. Oh yeah, that he went into the home and came back out and showed it. And he had fleas all over. Yep. Holy cow! And the owner, I mean, doesn't want to spend any more money. They're done. He's done. He just wants. So that's a deal, because you can fog that joker. Oh man! You know, get somebody buy a couple that white suits in a heartbeat, and you're probably gonna get a discount of five plus thousand dollars because he, he's like, he's not spending another dime. He's no. not gonna go in there because all no. those fleas. But the, you know, this one is one that's more of a personal and more of a a background mm-hmm. kind of check or reason, but financial reasons. What are some of the financial reasons, Dan, that some of these investors might sell? You know, just lost their job, so they're scared. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, have another financial obligation. Had you know, some uh, private school, private school, uh, trying to have kids. You know, um, that can drive. You know, when you have a worry of, you know, you got assets over here with a, a debt and a, a note, mm-hmm. if you will, overhead, overhead, and you got something going on. Like, say you're going to do, you know, some sort of uh, pregnancy or adoption or something like that, and you need thirty thousand dollars, and you just don't want to have that burden. So you see that kind of stuff. Um, deferred maintenance on the property. Uh, you tell know. me what you mean by deferred maintenance. I well, mean, I know, but tell. Well, it's just like that example I used when we first started. Just somebody that just did the bare minimum every time for the last seven or eight years, and yeah, I made the mistake. It just caught up with you mm-hmm. because you know. I really, you know, talk a lot about fascia, soffit, roof. You got to fix that stuff on the front end. You should because it only runs and gets worse. It gets worse and worse, and that dollar just starts to snowball on you as far as the cost to to replace. So, um, um, 
and cause additional damage. I made that mistake. I mean, you yeah. know, we admit that the first one I bought several yeah. years ago, I I didn't do the full rehab. For rehab yeah, yeah I, I kind of skimped out on it, and the maintenance calls after that were killing me. Yeah, I mean, kill, I sold the property. Yeah, I mean, we're killing. You me. moved on because of that. I did move on. I mean, it's so a emotional. classic example. Yep. I was I was upset about it. I was mad. I cannot believe that I, every single tenant, I had three tenants, and all three of them were calling on some of the same stuff that I could have fixed on the front end and didn't do it. Right. Costly mistake. Learn from it. Don't do it again. I think you emailed me every day when you were in that house. And I was up. What do you do? Why, do, why is this? Why? Uh, I mean, it was this wearing you out. not going how it's supposed right. to go. I mean, and, and that's a lesson that we've been preaching to the listeners. It was a lesson for me. Yeah. Sometimes you get into investing and it doesn't go exactly how you want it to go but what you don't do it's what i chose not to do is quit yeah and i think you, you, you know you're a good example of for this deferred maintenance like you're putting a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars extra in each house to change the supply lines change the faucets snake the drains so when that tenant moves in they have a great experience and you don't have all these calls that are wearing you out so there's nothing worse than a leaky toilet that you have to call and send a guy out there that's 80 bucks Right. He's going to put a $20 part in it. Right. And then next thing you know, it's 125 bucks for something right. that you could have fixed on the front rehab end for 50 bucks. And that's been right. done with it. As a bigger picture. Yeah. That's right. Total. That's right. You know, um, total expenses are getting too much. We talked a little bit about that. Kids, school, taxes, um, mm-hmm. you know, adoption, change of events of life, you know, that just happen that are just drawing your money away so that you're, you just don't want that burden mm-hmm. or potential burden on the house. Not say the house is a burden, but. They just see it as this could be an anchor to me trying to do the next thing. They Which these do. are all legit reasons. Sure. I mean, it doesn't, and it doesn't mean that the asset's bad. Right. It just means that there's something that's happening in that guy's or gal's personal life. Right. That is causing them to have to sell. So I guess, you know, the, the message that I'm trying, you know, we're, we're throwing out a whole lot of these, and they're not silly, but we're throwing out a whole lot of these, like what people would deem as excuses or reasons, mm-hmm. but these are legit Things that sellers and owners go through that cause them to sell. It does not always mean that the asset's bad. Do owners sell properties because the asset's bad? Absolutely. Sure. That happens. Right. But I would say seven, seven out of ten times, it isn't because the property itself is bad. Sure. It has something to do with that investor in their personal, personal life, life or what's going on with the business. I mean, they might have a portfolio of 50 and can't handle it. They're... They're upside down, so they got to get rid of some of it. So those are those financial reasons. Foreclosures uh, coming. Foreclosures imminent. Mm -hmm. I mean, the house is underperforming, losing money. You kind of mentioned that. I mean, I think, I mean, Douglas and I are doing that right now with some, you know, our lowest performing houses. We're just going to cut our losses and move on, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, But even those, because I'm selling those, those are not, uh, those aren't bad assets, though. Right. you're just at a point to where you can't dedicate maybe the time and the man hours that it's going to take to bring those back to life. I mean, I've sold a couple of them to some guys they've got back in touch and they want some more. So if they weren't performing and they did, but what they did on the front end was a little extra work. Let's get this thing up a little bit, you know, to a little bit higher level of our standards and they're ready to buy more. One, one of our clients, friends, partners, strategic partners, I mean, like he, he bought one of them and, down near the near the river 38109 oh boy and sent me pictures of it the other day and i was like oh my goodness may look like it should be in east memphis you know like nice real nice tile nice cabinets nice countertops i mean he did he's like well it didn't cost as much as it looks i mean i was like man you know so hopefully he gets a good tenant out of that you know that wants to that 
just will fall in love with that place and stick to it. But um, we just didn't want, to your point, didn't want to put that money back in it, you know. Mm-hmm. So we didn't we didn't see the vision for that for ourselves. But so financial, it, yeah. yeah, that's right. Financial reasons are big. Um, person, you know, uh, house related items, financial reasons. You know, we, yeah. we've mentioned some of these, but the next one, the kind of category is personal reasons. Yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, we could, we listed some here and we'll go through them, but there's yeah. a million of these. Oh, I mean, yeah. You could have anything and everything, new job or transferred away. Yeah. I've had that happen. I had a guy wanted me to sell three here. He's like, I'm moving. Yeah. Like, well, you know, we manage. He's like, yeah, I know, but it worries me. And you know, da, 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 da. he's like, I'm just Yeah, the mileage it. thing gets people, either yeah. people can do it or they can't. There's no in between. You know, yeah. I sit here and I sell investment property to people out of state. All day, every day. All day, every day. I wonder how I would feel about buying one out of state. That, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean. Because to, to, just to reverse it, I asked my investors to trust me. I'm like, you got to trust right. me and know that I'm that's not going to put of faith. Your, it's a big leap of, leap of faith. And I would, I would definitely. I use, haven't done it. Nah, I hadn't done it either. I mean, we. Hopefully I will. You know, yeah, you'd but, like to think you'd expand one day and get into some different markets, but you know, th- there's a reason why we're sitting here and this is called the Memphis real estate hour too. Right. <laughs> you know, Memphis has got its own, uh, its own thing. I guess if I lived somewhere else and knew about Memphis, I'd probably be coming in here coming too. Here, right? Yeah. Trying to buy. So maybe it's just a, we're a product of circumstance, but, um, personal reasons, uh, connecting with family, uh, too close, too far away, need a fresh start or a new challenge. Um, you this next one. I'll let you read the next one, Dan. <laughs> emotional, <laughs> emotional stress. stress. It's too stressful. Painful memories. You know, I, I you hear that a lot with uh, the wholesalers and stuff. Like, uh, you know, they inherited the house and it was their grandmother's house. And they just can't see them ever keeping it and keeping going, it to and it. going to it and just all the you know the pain of that. Just a reminder and you know, and nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's just. And that just creates a reason that somebody wants to sell. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the whole, I mean, I talked to, uh, had lunch with a lady yesterday from California that came in town and she, you know, she owned houses in her backyard. So, so she's actually flipped what we just talked about. Like she owned houses in her backyard. So she felt like she needed to manage them because they were in her backyard. But she's like, I didn't like all those calls, all the dealing with the maintenance, da, 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 da. So they sold those. And, and now they're going to invest, you know, 1,500, 2,000 miles away in Memphis because that seems like an easier option because the cash flow is better. And they can find a, tr- I mean, the whole, whole point to come in here was to find a trusted team mm-hmm. to work with. But um, she actually did the opposite, you know, to get that emotional stress. She's like, I can't, I'm not going back to managing. Yeah. It's too stressful. She, had, she owns her own business, uh, pretty cool business, but mm-hmm. um, that's where her focus needs to be. And so when she was answering tenant calls and doing leases and mm-hmm. maintenance was taking her eye off that, you know, her, her main business. I love what your note here. Don't like the responsibility millennials. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Explain that, Dan. I, I yeah, like that's right. That. <laughs> I think Caleb wrote this one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I think people sell because kind of that, um, I mean, we talked to a neighbor the other day that wants to potentially move to Tresvent. Yeah. So we got Tresvent. I mean, you got older that don't want the yard, don't want the upkeep, the maintenance. You know, let this be somebody else's problem. I mean, Grant Cardone talks about this all the time. He, like, swears he'll never own a house, you know, just... He doesn't. He rents. He he rents and just wants to move where he wants to move and 
you know, and not be tied to the not, actual not, property. That's right. And let somebody it's else surprising handle. to hear that too from a real estate guy. Oh yeah, that he's not an owner. I say I don't know if he is. I mean, I, he talks he's about not. Own something. You would think he would. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't listen to him enough to know, but I know he talks a ton about not. I mean, just hammers you in the face about you just don't own. You know, so you have that flexibility. Let it be in somebody else's problem, but yeah. what you do own, make it an investment. So. Yeah. Um, there's that I could go we, we could we could we could halt there and have a whole new show of own versus rent as a matter of fact it's not a bad topic yeah I'm glad I thought of that yep <laughs> <laughs> ran that down now own versus rent <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that I, I threw that up that's right um, I like your next one too uh, tired of being a landlord and going to prison <laughs> clearly you've had that happen yeah. <laughs> uh, well I mean I've heard you know, wholesaler friends that go on to prisons and to get a guy to sign. A I've house. actually heard of that too. I've heard that, I had, I mean, it I, sounds it crazy. The same person, but I've literally had somebody tell me that there was, I don't know if he was the sole owner, but he was on, he the was tied, deed. To deed, he yeah. was tied on it somehow. And they yeah. had to have his signature and he was incarcerated. Yeah. So they had to go and visit the man and get him to sign it. And I think he, you know, where they take him a carton of smokes or something, you know, that's right. right. Buy him something yeah. for the canteen or whatever. <laughs> um, I mean, that's currency in prison. So, I mean, so we you know, both heard the story. So like, it's a legit reason yeah, that people yeah. sell. They're going to prison or ha- are in prison and yeah. they got a house out here and they don't, you know, families feeding off of it and don't know what, don't know, know what to do. What to do so right. get rid of it. They don't want to be a landlord. I no. mean, we, we hit that. We probably hit that. That's probably one of the top. I get a lot of that. Man, I'm sick of being sick of a being landlord. landlord. Man, yeah. I won't pay the rent. I was like, for one, great. Give me your property. Let me sell it because I'm going to give it to somebody that's going to handle it right. right. We talk about this all the time. Don't be the landlord. Right. You know, set up a business. If you right. want to set up a hobby, yep. and set up a hobby and manage them yourself and get pissed off about it and sell yep. them. Yep. You want to set up a business, then set up a business. Get you a banker and a property manager and a this and a that. I mean. Set it up to where you can succeed. That yeah. man, the landlord and yourself stuff, as you have told us, is a nightmare. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a ton you, of work. Don, it's a ton of work. I mean, yeah. it's just not uh, the quickest and the best. I mean, that's why you listen to this show so you can avoid having to do stuff like that. Drugs, mm-hmm. drugs is another one that people get into that you know either the kids or then themselves, and they've ran through all their money, and all they've got now is the house, and so they've got to. How often you see that? Uh, you know, several times a year. I mean, I, really? Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. um, but that's a life changing event, if you will, because sure they were running a stable life, you know, doing everything, everything's good. And then they get in no, drugs no. and then all of a sudden it just tanks and, you know, they, they've ran out of money and mm-hmm. they've got to figure out something else, that, you know, which probably leads into probably pre foreclosure, back tax. I mean, they're probably all related. So a little bit of both, you know, yeah. you're, you're, the root cause kind of thing, you yeah. know, yeah. like you're, you're saying you got to sell because it's about to be foreclosed on or back taxes, but really drugs could really got the, a drug problem. You got a drug problem that's, that's feeding feed, the, the that's reason right. why you're not being responsible. So, uh, the last one we kind of had here was life cycle retirement, uh, empty nest. I mean, I get, to be honest with you, I get the retirement frequently. Mm-hmm. I mean, I got one right now. We're liquidating, uh, uh you know, Mr. Wade's there for 20 something house. He's just trying, yeah. you know, he's retiring. He's just retiring, moving on. Yeah, he's just, just done with it. Put money in. Yeah. Something else. Annuity or market. Very yeah. conservative. Just yeah. 
uh, just re- literally retiring, changes in relationships, divorce. I mean, that that's, that's probably the most common. It creates a huge mess. Yep. Because what are you going to do? You got to figure out the appraised value of the properties, the debt yep. that's owed, you know, split the, you know, what are you going to split the equity in the hunt? I mean, it's, it's a whole thing. Yeah. I was texting with a guy this weekend talking about divorce, divorce of a partnership. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, that's uh, the truth. You know, they, he's, cause he, I was asking about owner finance, you know, that's one of my first yeah. questions I always yeah. ask. Yeah. He's like, well, I just need to be done with these houses because I'm just trying to go our separate ways with my partner and, mm-hmm. you know, and then divorce, like you said, it's just, it just gets to where they've got, I mean, there's one that I dealt with guys in Arkansas, husband and wife had probably eight houses with us. And like, I mean, it literally, I would get emails flipping them back and forth to each other. We're about to settle, give them to her. Oh, wait a second. That's not going to work. I mean, I, we probably switched them back and forth two or three times, you know? And so <laughs> lawyers are the ones getting rich. <laughs> yeah. Lawyers are just having fun playing ping pong with those, you know? Yeah. Um, right. But you know, death of a spouse or family member, you know, I've gotten think, that several times, you know, that the, somebody, uh, somebody's died that just cre- create a trigger that you need to sell that house or, you know, move out of that house or, you know, you're not the one that inheriting it, you know, that kind of thing. So Douglas is helping with one of those right now. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So you got a package that spouse, spouse died and you got these assets in the, the, the wife yep. or husband, yep. typically the wife mm-hmm. doesn't know what to do with them. And yeah. she's got to get rid of them because she doesn't know that wasn't her thing. She relied on her spouse to take care of it. You know, so well, I'm trying to teach Amber how to do this. Yeah, I really am. That's good. I'm trying to teach her how to man. I mean, we're going to, I mean, I think it's advice for everybody is, you know, if you're an investor and you have that, don't leave your wife out in the cold, That's you right. know, teach her how to teach her at least how to maintain them. Yeah. And, and who the contacts them. are. Yeah. I mean, like that, that's the thing. Like you're not just building wealth for yourself. And building a business, I mean, you trying to create a legacy. I mean, these houses aren't going anywhere, right? You know what I mean? It's like they're not. It's not like there's a time limit. You can only earn your money for so long on them. I mean, these right. things could be for generations. My kids, and you know that sort of thing. So yes, we're that's a good point. Teach your wife how to at least manage the manager. Yep, you know, so to speak. That's right. Um, let's talk for a second about inheriting. Which, yeah, inheriting a house. I mean, like. So I get, I have, I get that some, I don't know what to do with it. I mentioned that actually at the beginning of every show, if you've got that old home that yeah. you've inherited or is beat up and burn out or whatever, call us, we'll buy that thing. But that, you know, how often do you get the, I inherited this or I can't afford That's it? That's a lot. Really? Yeah. Cause I mean, you get a house, you either don't want it cause you don't want to be a landlord, you know, never wanted the house in the first place. Don't know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. You can't afford it which then leads to not wanting it. You might want it, but then you can't afford it. You know, you might live in Florida and have a house here and you just can't get your head around using a third-party management and managing from afar. And yep. it's just, a, and again, emotional burden, you know, so you just say, I, I'd rather just be done with this house, you know? So, um, and then some people just don't want to take care of it. They know? just don't want to deal with it. It's just, it's just again, emotional <laughs> drain yeah. on, how do I pay that taxes and how do I make sure the insurance, what if the insurance, what do I have enough coverage and all those questions that come with not having, not having that house like right in your backyard that, or the, or your personal house. People can get their head around their personal house, kind of sink in and and Mm -hmm. live, you know, how to live in a house that they're being homeowner, but not, 
not one they inherit, you know. That just happened to us, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, mother died eight years ago, and the daughter lived in the house, and two brothers just kind of watched over her. She fell and lost her short-term memory, and they had to swoop in and put her in assisted living, and they had to sell that house so that they know that she's taken care of in that assisted living for the next umpteen years. Long and that's what they're going to do with the proceeds, you know. Mm-hmm. Probably had $150,000, $180,000 proceeds going straight to her for her long-term care. Help take care yep. of her. So that's that's a good example. Always heard of the four Ds uh, to, to wrap up, you know, this actual, yeah. uh, the reasons why people sell. What are the four Ds? Death, disability, divorce, drugs. Those are the four that I've always heard since it first started, but as you got into this, and it, some it, of them were intertwined in this, but... I was about to say, you could you could pretty much... Probably half the list. Stick to, one of these Ds, death, disability, divorce, or drugs, with everything we mentioned. That's right. You know? That's I mean, right. They could all be kind of commingled. What yeah. did... Talk about, uh, here in our last six, seven minutes here, talk about... And what did this exercise make you think of? What did it What did it make you realize? What are some of the, the points that we want to get across to the listeners? Well, I think just there always will be opportunities, mm-hmm. you know, and we don't use absolutes very often, but I think there will always be opportunities because life happens and between the four Ds or just emotional issues or life-changing issues besides these four Ds, you know, like yeah. some of those triggers are going to always create opportunities. Yep. And so now the opportunities might, you know, like right now, everybody wants to be in wholesale and all that good stuff. And so you, you constantly hear, I'll have, I mean, I kind of got out of it for a while, but now I'm kind of back in the emails kind of, and an investor will send me a house and I'll get the same house. From three other guys. From two or three other guys. Just talked about this at lunch yesterday. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. So, and they all think they got the in on the deal. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and really they're all out. And they're all out because nobody has the contract. They're trying to just guarantee that they can close to the, you know, get the right price to that buyer. And so it's a frenzy right now. But uh, what's really fun is when they start passing out my listings. Got another one of those this week. Did you really? Yeah. Wholesalers picking up listings and passing them out. That Yeah. It's great. (laughs) I I just don't understand that. No, because I mean, they're usually. If they disclose it, maybe. You know, even then, I can't pay them. No, because they're not licensed they're not agents. Licensed agents. Right. So, I mean, I'm not allowed to pay them. But yeah, no, so what I, do they have to do there? They have to put it on a contract, act like they're going to close, double close it, and make their fee? Uh, yeah. I mean, the seller can, can choose they, to go do that. The seller's going to pay can they me. Put, they can put that on the contract and assign it. Can they do that? If the, They can write a contract on an on MLS the home, deal. And if the seller agrees to, uh, to sign that, that, he understands that this wholesaler is going to go assign it out. They can do that. I will never advise my client to get to, under to, contract with a wholesaler. Not no offense to the wholesalers, but there's just no certainty. There's no certainty. They're yeah. not going to, they don't, they're, they're, they're for sure not closing. Right. We're going to get under contract in the hopes that someone else can go sell it. I and mean, that's what they hire me to do. So now that's a good point. So, uh, we I mean, went I think, through, go ahead. We went through these, you know, 40 or so reasons that people sell. Yep. It's amazing that there's I, that many. I bet there's a hundred. I'm just, just, just touching really the surface. Thought, but yeah. And some of them you're like, oh, well, that's, of course they're going to sell. And a lot of them are like that. Mm-hmm. You get stuff that's very common. Yeah, of course they're selling for that. But you, we, me, I'm in charge of trying to relay that message to a new buyer. Mm-hmm. Why? What's going on? So it's not always, I, the biggest thing I, I when when we brought this topic up that I wanted to get out was, 
investors aren't always selling because the home's a piece of crap. It's just not the case. They yeah. could be. Could be. Could but, be but also, too. But you can also turn that. I was about to say, if you get it for a good deal, maybe they're just not taking care of it properly. Maybe they're not managing maybe it. They're the right maybe they're not investors. Maybe they're not investors. That's yeah. the biggest thing. I mean, the definition of an investor goes way deeper than, you know, just slinging some money around. I mean, you, you got to be, be legitimate, uh, methodical. I mean, you, you know, uh, you, you've got to make this thing a business and you've got to be professional about it. Um, opens up the conversation with sellers. So, I mean, it, you know, when you go in and you're talking to somebody about selling and you mm-hmm. try to get to the real root of what's going on, it'll, it, you know, I don't do that for to be nosy. I do that so I can better help them. Yep. Like, how can I, is this a desperate situation? Do you need to sell this home today? Or is this a, hey, we're just, you know, gradually trying to get rid of it. So, well, yes, it does and, open up the real conversation with the seller. And I'll give you an example for that. A guy that I'm talking to right now for us to buy, I think it's came over seven or nine houses, you know, and his big, you know, and he wants to finance, he's financed all his houses to us to this point, And he's down to his last seven or nine. I can't remember the number. And he's 63 and he's read, I mean, he's, he's looking at retirement, you know, like, so he's making sure, you know, in his price and his terms, we're trying to work that out so that he's taken care of for the next, you know, 10, 20 years with those assets. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, so I am trying to figure out the best way to help him be successful in that for his retirement. And so that's what's driving the conversation. So kind of, you know, getting all this to say, you got to figure out why if you're, you know, if you're negotiating and all that kind of stuff, a listing is a little bit different, I would say, because it's already, somebody's already made the decision to sell. But if you're in conversation with people that own or of a house that comes across, you got to figure out why they're selling and what's their goal you know like what are they what's the goal with that sale or whatever so then hopefully you can help somebody yeah you know that's the whole bigger picture we joke about that we'll help get a great deal but i mean in all seriousness you can be helping i mean absolutely i truly believe that you you and i think at least in half the situations you're legitimately helping are you getting a good deal on a home yeah of course but you never know what they're going through that's right unless you really find out i mean you it could be some bills they've got to pay and mm-hmm. things. I mean, you never know what you're doing by giving them that that rush of cash or mm-hmm. that influx of cash, what they're able to do with it. So yep. I think uh I think it's a good topic. I think it's something that um listeners wanted to hear. I, I yeah. get the question a whole lot, why are they selling? So yeah. um people really, ask that. That's one of the top I questions. I get this a ton. Why are they selling? Yeah. Especially from my national investors. And I, I don't I don't blame them for asking. There's just sometimes I either don't know that answer because it's not hadn't been communicated, or it's something of one of these forty something topics that we gave you today. So now really good information. Uh, I appreciate you coming in today. Thanks a lot. Good stuff. Um, Go to the website CrestCoreRealty.com. You can see all the investments of the week that we had Um, today. You can see all the other listings that we've got, and of course go to the Facebook page, the Memphis Real Estate Hour. I'm going to post this show later. And we've got all the uh, previous weeks on there. Appreciate you guys listening. We'll be back next Tuesday at 8 a.m. for the Memphis Real Estate Hour.